Welcome to Your Life Now Radio Show, where your life matters. Your host, Coach Rhea, is a certified professional life coach with a passion to help make the difference in the world. Your Life Now Radio Show brings you powerful resources and effective tips to help you live your best life ever. And now, here's your host, Coach Rhea. Hello, welcome my friends. I am your host, Coach Rhea. Thank you so much for joining us, whether you are listening to the show live, archived, or if you have downloaded the show on iTunes or from the Stitcher app. Thank you all. Much love to you. Just a quick reminder, I am the founder and the CEO of Your Life Now. It's a professional life coaching and training company. On this show, we try to cover a lot of different topics related to our everyday life on a personal as well as a professional level. I am really looking forward to a great new year here with you. We have a lot of great guests lined up for you so they can give you and share with you a lot of helpful tips and information. So this show is intended to be thought-provoking and for information purpose. All the guests that come on the show are professional in their field, and you are welcome to contact them directly from the information I provide on the show page. And you can also contact me directly if you like by visiting my website at www.coachingbyria.com. That's at www.coachingbyria.com. And I can provide you with all the information you need. But just quickly, before we get the guest on the, on the air, I like to set my intention, as always. My intention of hosting this show is to inspire you. I like to inspire you to make some positive changes in your life so you can live the life that you desire. It's really up to you. So all I ask of you on the show is to have an open mind and an open heart. Take what is useful for you and question everything. It's your life, so why don't you live it your way? And remember, you know, every day is a new day. Every moment is a gift. Every moment is a new moment. So make the best of every moment. Make the best of every day and celebrate it as a brand new day this year. So let's make it fabulous one. And we're going to take a short break and we'll bring on our guest for today. So please stay tuned. Thank you. Your Life Now Radio Show with Coach Rhea will return in just a few moments. Welcome back, my friends. This is Coach Ria, and you are listening to Your Life Now radio show. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm always so delighted to have you guys here, whether you're listening live or archive. So here is a thought-provoking thing to think about. Since change is happening at a speed of light all around us, and we need to catch up, so how do we do that? How can we catch up with all the changes that are happening around us? How can we make that leap when most of us, unfortunately, still stuck in an old way of thinking? Well, I'm glad to have our guest today, Diane Collins, who will tell us how to do that. Diane said our thinking process is so automated and outdated, 
But our thinking is also very important because it's what's shaping our actions, our experiences, and the result that we get in life. Diane is an original thinker and one of the foremost thought leaders of our time, a leading authority in a new worldview thinking. She is the author of the highly acclaimed six-time award-winning bestseller, Do You Quantum Think? A new thinking that will rock your world. Diane created the groundbreaking new system of thinking, Quantum Think, for living the highest and best in everyday practical life, integrating science, philosophy, and spirituality. Drawing on source that range from cutting-edge scientific innovation to the wisdom of the world's greatest spiritual leaders. Making it relevant in our popular contemporary culture, she is the master of translating ancient knowledge into modern quantum wisdom that provides transformative platform for the way we conduct our personal business and global affairs. Please help me welcome our today's guest, Diane Collins. Thank you so much for being here, Diane. Welcome, my friend. I'm so delighted to be with you and oh. everyone listening. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for being here. You know, it's uh, I can go on and on actually talk about your work and, and your background. It's, it's amazing. So thank you. Thank you for being here. You know, Rhea, I just want to acknowledge that I love your in, the way that you introduced your show and that you start by creating your intention for the show because it really does remind us all to that we are here, that we are here to create <laughs> our daily life. Our, you know, we've been born with the ability to create using our faculties of mind, using mm-hmm. our conscious awareness, and that... You know, when you do that, it really puts it in place because I think uh, a lot of the time that people either are unaware of, you know, actually doing that consciously as a conscious act of creation or sometimes we just get, you know, caught up in the activity of daily life and we forget, wow, you know, I can create my intent here. I can create my intent for this meeting, for this relationship, for what I want to get out of listening to the show. So it's yes. great that you do that. Thank you. You know, it's a little secret to give away, which is not a secret, really. I have been doing my, I've setting my intention every single day for at least three years now. I do it every single day. And so it's it's actually no surprise to me that I will be publishing a book with all the intentions that I have set and all the, all the things that I have created from those intentions. So, I mean, <laughs> That's it's, it's great. Very powerful. <laughs> that is wonderful. Yeah, so it's, it's very very powerful, and I really do you know mean it with that heart. But I also you know remind our listener it is thought provoking. Not everybody must you know going to be agreeing with everything, or it's not about agreeing or disagreeing. It's really about providing enough information for us to question the life that we live in, which takes me to the beginning of of the show and your awesome book. I I. I I have to tell you, first of all, people will think, like, do you quantum think? What does that mean? It's such a big word, right? But when I start, like, digging into it, you know, I, I study quantum physics. I've studied a lot of these things. But I have to tell you, your book is so um, refreshing to read. Actually, it's very um, – it, it was written in a way 
that any of us can connect to it and understand it. And it's like, wow, hmm, never understood this. I never knew that. And makes you, like, really stop and re-examine, you know, what you are doing, which I love that. I really do love that. So I have a lot of great questions for you. So let's start by talking a little bit more about Diane and, and how you came about to be in, in this position right now to question, you know, our modern quantum age and, 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 and why are we still stuck, you know. So tell us a little bit more about Diane that we don't know or haven't said. Okay, good. <laughs> First of all, I want to say thank you for saying that about Do You Quantum Think? Because I, I like entertainment and I like ease. <laughs> I like yeah. things to be refreshing, as you use that word. But I do, you know, I feel that... Uh, writing, uh, being on a, you know, producing a radio show, being the host or a guest on the radio show, you know, that we, we want to engage each other, one another, you know, the listeners, readers, speakers, whoever, that, so that we can enjoy what we're engaged in. So I did write the book. I, you know, wanted it with the intent that it would be easy, that it's a, you know, personal conversation that I'm having with you. And it's really <laughs> looking, and this leads to, you know, what is Diane's story is really what is our story. Because right. I looked at it since, you know, I was born probably, uh, kind of a questioner, a seeker, and saying, you know, we all have the questions. You know, what is life all about? How does it work? What is my purpose here? And particularly in this time that we're in now, you know, during this kind of a cycle of rampant change, as you spoke about, accelerating pace of change, where we're watching, you know, the institutions that we've been become accustomed to, education, politics, media, all of it, like we see that it's reached its limits and we mm-hmm. see things starting to crumble. You know, we read the news, of course, they focus on, <clears throat> there is a focus on <laughs> what's wrong, what went wrong, and what will go wrong. But, you know, I call that a least action pathway, the way the energy goes, because it's been that route before. So let me just get to how I got to where I am. That was your question is that, you know, I had those questions, too, growing up. And it's basically it comes down to what do we really want? Mm -hmm. And then how do we get it? So, you know, the question being, what are the dynamics of creating our lives the way that our heart and soul desires uh, so that we can be the most effective? So along the way, I'm sure that you and everyone listening now has come across, as you think, so you become. You know, the Buddha said, all that we are is a result of what we have thought. It's written in the Bible. It's written by the Upanishads, the uh, ancient uh, holy men of India. And every tradition has said it in one way or another, that our habits of thinking give rise to our actions and therefore all of our results. So I had that question. I know you like to remind people to question. I had two questions. With 6,000 years available of wisdom, available at least 6,000, at the touch of a smartphone or a tablet, 
how is it we're still not living it, right? We see this big discrepancy, this chasm between what we see in the news or what we witness with each other, even in ourselves, and how we aspire to be to the great wisdom, you know, compassion, love, connection, all of that. So, and then the second question I had was, and if all you had to do was change your thought to change your life, to change the Mm -hmm. world, well, why isn't that working too well? And this is what led me to what I call my revelation, Rhea. And that is this, that though we imagine we think freely, we like to think of ourselves as independent, you know, we're thinkers, right? We're we're actually, for the most part, not in two ways. We have the opportunity to choose our thought in every moment. But what I discovered is that like everything else in this world, in this universe, it's a universe of systems. Mm-hmm. Even our roads are a system, our supermarket aisles are a system. Everything takes place as a system. That's sort of the natural order of things including our thinking. And so our thinking is actually taking place in a system that we call our world view, you know, in the biggest sense, in the largest context. And what is a world view? It's very simple. Mm -hmm. What we believe to be true Mm -hmm. about the nature of reality, how it works, including what we're capable of, what we're not, what's possible and what's not. Now, the dilemma that you pointed to in the introduction is that we're in a quantum age. We have much more updated information, assumptions, than we have ever had. And it's very different than what began in the industrial age. So we're in a quantum age, but our thinking, our institutions are still very much under the influence, you could say, of what I lovingly call the old world view thinking. What's the difference? Because, you know, I think I saw on your blog talk, was it you? You had that paradigm, that uh-huh. graphic, right, yeah, of yeah, the yeah. paradigm shift. <laughs> yeah. So quantum thinking is not about science. It's about how these assumptions, how the discoveries of science shape the way we think, and we don't even realize it because it's just happening kind of silently in the background of the culture. So this right. is the good news because what I'm saying is there's nothing wrong with us. You know, if we're still stuck in some automatic habits of thinking or habits of relating to ourselves or the world, it's really a human cultural thing. So I'll give you what I mean by that. The old world view that gave rise, started in 17th century um, classical science, it's actually called the classical mechanical world view. They saw the world as a giant machine, break it down into parts, you know, let's look at what's out there in the physical world and figure out how to, you know, what it's made of, how it works together in a cause and effect uh, kind of mechanism, right? And mm-hmm. then we'll be able to predict and control nature. So let's just think of that as looking in the circumstances, okay? If we translate this, because by the way, my mission is going from living the wisdom, I mean, going from knowing the wisdom to, to actually living it. living it, 
to actually embodying it, to exactly. being it. So old worldview, circumstance ruled, because all they did is look in the circumstance to try to figure out, like, what's going on here. Now, there was a leap that began with Einstein in the beginning of the 20th century and for the past 100 years or so, the quantum physicists that followed. And what did they say? Well, wait a minute. It's not a machine-based reality. It's not one-dimensional in the physical only. It's not just a you know, five-sensory-based reality, what we can see, hear, feel, touch, and smell. It is a mind-based reality. Oh, the universe as a giant mind. And what does that mean? Well, that means it's multidimensional, that a lot of what is important is in the invisible realm. So the physical, of course, is <laughs> that's the ordinary reality we live in every day, but that it is connected to all these other domains of life, the subtle energy realm, the spiritual realm, the cosmic laws, the universal laws that are operating. So what happened for me, Rhea, is that when I saw this, and I learned along the way, oh, and, and by the way, we should include, very importantly, that the quantum scientific discoveries are now remerging with universal spiritual wisdom. They're actually proving it because the yes. spiritual wisdom, right, common to all traditions, right. they said, right, we are one, we're, we're interconnected, it's, a, you know, all a system-based, it's consciousness-based. And so you say, well, how are we connected? Well, we are connected through these invisible energy intelligent fields mind fields so what i thought is that you know i read along the way well eventually the discoveries of science you know enter the language enter the human mind and the public consciousness <clears throat> eventually and what i realized and this was sort of in terms of me expressing you know an important aspect of my purpose in uh manifesting this system of thinking, quantum think, you know, I got like the silent tap on the shoulder. Oh, what about this? I realized, what if I could, you know, there were these two realities that, you know, what we call the 3G reality, the one you're seeing on TV every day, and then there's this other one for the people who are tuning in to shows like yours, who are becoming your coaching clients. Mm-hmm. And and we and how do we have this become the reality? This expanded, more accurate and up to date view. Not only as a humanity collectively, but how do we start living this in our own in- life as individuals? And that's when I realized what if I could put this all together? You know, we all know a little bit here of the pieces. A little right. bit of subtle energy healing, a little bit of, you know, uh, law of attraction, thought creates reality, uh, universal laws, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, spiritual connection, you know, tuning into what is spirit saying to me, what is my meaning and purpose in life, and put this together, which I did, in 21 principles that I call distinctions in new thinking that combine 
the cutting-edge discoveries of science, the new knowledge with the ancient knowledge, but made in modern terms. So it's 21 principles and practices for the mind and awareness. That's the quantum think system of thinking. That's what's in my book, Do You Quantum Think? So that as you read, you're connecting to that which is inherently within you. It's not like I'm telling you something you don't already know at some level of your being or or ability to connect to from infinite intelligence. But what I call the art of distinguishing, bringing it into your awareness in such a way that you're giving yourself something experiential. You're connecting to it in your present moment experience, Mm. in your awareness in such a way that you instantly integrate the wisdom. And that's what the leap is. And that's what really my life has been to this point. And I'm very excited to be here sharing it. That is incredible. And, you know, I just wanted to take a, a one step, you know, before we get we dig a little deeper in the book, because like I said, it's it's really fascinating. But in, in you know, I mean, we are living in in information technology, I mean, information uh, um, world right now, right? There's tons of information got thrown at us, got thrown at us from 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 the media, from our our peers, from home, from whatever, and uh, um, we we almost get constipated with information, and and the reason being because we're not processing this information right. Now, the question that I have for you, which is kind of always fascinating me, I mean, we, we've been on the trend for a while now here on the show with great guests. Actually, I have, I have somebody that I think you'll be a great uh, guest on his show, um, Dr. Will, uh, uh, Eldon Taylor, who I talked to him about you, um, because he's, he's, he comes from the same, you know, um, world of thinking as well. But anyway, the bottom line is what I wanted to ask you and to see what you think about that. So... Knowing that, you know, we, we are living in quantum age, we are living in all this technology and all this, I mean, come on, I mean, can we be any better than where we are right now? And it was all created by men, so somebody had thought about it. So why is the majority still stuck in the old way of thinking, in your perspective? Okay, this is what, this is because of the conditioning of the mm-hmm. industrial age world. Now, how did that map, how, you know, when we say we're still stuck, which, you know, I like to think of it as we're becoming unstuck. But, yes, people get stuck, and I'll tell you why. Because for think of how that worldview would shape the way we think. First of all, in education, traditional education, If scientists declared only physical matter is real, that's all we're looking at, right? Mm -hmm. Well, for Mm -hmm. one thing, just we don't study anything about the faculties of mind, what I call the five natural faculties of mind. What do we study? We study the matter, the brain. Maybe we study the brain connections. But we're we're not getting educated on... Here are the five faculties that I distinguish. The power of intent. Mm -hmm. The power of intuition and how to use it. No, not like just a fluke magical thing, which it is, but to actually use it consciously. How to work with subtle energy fields. How do we, you know, tuning into energy 
and that subtle energetic and knowing how to work with it to transmute it to take it to a higher state if it's in a low state how do we work with that uh, the principle of resonance, which as we know, everything is energy fluctuating. This is the new worldview. The old worldview is everything is solid objects, fixed and right. static. One we didn't see it as energy. <laughs> right. So, you know, we relate to circumstances as fixed and static. That's where we get stuck in our thinking. And so we're not realizing, well, wait a minute. Well, let me just say the five because I brought it up. Okay, the intent, power of intent, power of intuition, uh, subtle energy, resonance, that what we hold in our being, what we resonate, we emanate, and what we emanate, we attract. I'm sure you've talked about that a lot on your show. Mm -hmm. And then what I consider the fifth natural faculty of mind is the state of meditation. Now, meditation, we know, is a practice. There are many forms of meditation. But I consider meditation one of the natural faculties of mind because when you're in Mm -hmm. that meditative state, which is where you experience yourself as quiet, centered, and focused, clear, and alert. So the quantum world, one one of the distinctions of it, is that it's a both-and world so that we can be living simultaneously in the meditative state and be playing out in action all of the roles that we play out in life. Because what happens is when you are in that focused state, this is actually the state from which all great accomplishment derives. Consciousness, right? Yeah, so exactly. But consciousness in the state where we are experiencing that connection, the strong connection to infinite intelligence. Because where are we, we know what's creating, because we're connected to the infinite intelligence that is the source, the great mystery source of anything that we create that comes through us, right, as vehicles of, of that. And so when you realize, you know, a lot of people say, well, I created my intention, but, you know, it didn't work. Um, Because you have to understand at a deeper level these distinctions of the faculties of mind and how they work together and how to use them. So, for example, you could have, I like to use, you brought up technology, and we should talk about that, you know, what do we do about the overwhelming <laughs> abundance of information we have right now and go into that. But let me just say this point, is that if you have, for example, you want to connect so that you are creating a strong intent, and yet it's like on your cell phone, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe you've got, there's so much activity or you're trying to create an intent or an intention. I make a distinction between them, one being an end goal and one being intent being the activating force right. of, an ener- you know, of the resonant state, of your energy, intelligent state. But that you, you know, you're not getting that clear connection. It's like you're try- you want to tune in to the reality that you want, but your mind is overly 
active or full of conclusions that you're living with as the so-called absolute. When we know, and you said, why are people still stuck? These are all the reasons why, because we need to learn how to use this. And not only that, it's like, yeah, some of us, we're kind of betwixt and between. But what I realized, uh, Rhea, is that it literally requires a quantum leap in consciousness to be looking and living from these new worldview principles rather than trying to get to them from the more limited point of view that says, you know, if you want to have something change, you know, you have to push around the objects, push or pull on an object to get something to change. Translate that for, forever, for us as circumstances. Uh, they said that reality had a fixed quality about it. Well, the most important thing in creating, right, in being mm-hmm. a conscious creator, from a quantum worldview, is this very fundamental principle. There is no absolute fixed reality. Now, this is outside of what anyone may think yeah. of as divine sure creator, inter- you know, God, eternal, however you relate. I'm talking about everyday human life, everyday ordinary, you know, in our relationships, in our careers, whatever we're doing, even our relationship with ourselves. There's nothing absolute and fixed about it because how do we know that? Because we know it's a world of energy in flux, mm-hmm. always shifting mm-hmm. and changing, as you pointed out informed Mm -hmm. by intelligence. Now, that's the great news for us because if you have a thought, and this is where people get stuck and where Mm -hmm. we can get unstuck right now, I would like to distinguish this for all of us, that you could have, if you have a thought, that's one of these automatic ways, let's say, that you relate to yourself, to the politics, to the world, whatever, or to what you're capable of, very important today. And it's a thought that does not empower you, that is not consistent with your dream, with your Mm -hmm. intent, Mm -hmm. with your vision for yourself. You don't have to latch on to that thought, because when you're quantum thinking, you realize we exist in these invisible fields, and there's a constant energy exchange. Now, a lot of people who are, you know, like to be connected to their spiritual aspect of themselves, they say, and I'm sure you heard this, maybe you say it, mm-hmm. you know, I tuned in, spirit told me, or let me tune in and see what is my guidance, right? Have you heard this? People? Yes, I have. I have. Yeah. And so, and that is, you know, there's a factor. You could say you're tuning into your higher self, however you relate to it. But the point that I'm making is if you're getting that kind of intelligence, then, and messaging, just imagine, we're also picking up in the photosphere, we're picking up other people's thoughts, cultural thoughts, thoughts from the media. Thoughts from it doesn't matter where it comes from, from, you know, early family life, ancestral, who knows where. But the point is, we don't have to own 
or latch onto every thought that visits. So here's the way you distinguish this, to free yourself right now and forever. May I, you uh, make, um, Di, yeah, Diane, I'm sorry, honey, but may I ask, may, may, yeah, I just want to point out something. I just kind of like in, in my mind right now um, okay. what you were saying, and if that's okay, I interrupted you on that one. Um, I'm, I'm thinking like, you know, the, the problem with most of us, because I, I witness it myself. I put it to the test all the time. I have to tell you, you know, if you ask me, do I quantum think? I do it all the time. And I just like, oh, my God, I just did that, you know, and I'm like I have to change it. But what I wanted to say, you know, since this moment right now is what exists. That's all exists, right? So That's in right. consciousness, the way I look at it, consciousness is the gateway to our mind, okay? So the longer we stay in that conscious state, right, where we actually, so let's say this is how I do it. And like I said, I, it's, it doesn't happen overnight because it's really harder, you know, hard to practice it. But it's doable when you keep, you know, I mean, it's not hard to practice it. It's hard to get it done until you start practicing it. But when a thought comes in, and like you said, you know, whether you entertain the thoughts or not, and you're trying to say, well, this one, this thought really does not match what I want, what I'm dreaming of, what I want my life to look like, whatever. And I try to stay with it for a while. I'm like, okay, well, you know, what can I do here, you know? And the longer I stay in this conscious state to question that particular thought, to question why is it there, what does that mean, That what do I have to get rid of? I always say empty your cup, right? We have so much crap in, uh, you know, in our life. What do I have to get rid of to get a better thought in? I, and I want you to continue, so I apologize for, in, for, for interrupting you, but I really wanted to put it out because... Okay, no, well, that's good because that's probably on a lot of people's minds to be asking those questions. So here, it's very simple. And by the way, you have to, we always have to catch ourselves because we're, if we're thinking it's hard, guess what? It will be. So whenever any of our clients, you know, say, well, it's harder, I have to catch myself. Oh, well, you know, that's not what we want to be creating. But here, let me go back to the, to the simple practice. The first thing, you know, I'm going to say it in a one, two, three, four steps, Okay. The first thing is the knowledge of the principle, the quantum principle. There are no absolutes. Reality mm-hmm. is context-dependent. It's dependent on what we choose sure. as a context to live from. We could say a statement of intent. But let's just stay with the four. One, no fixed and absolute realities. Great. That means it can shift in any moment. Two, we exist in fields, in mind fields, just like we have a biosphere, there's a, a thoughtosphere. I didn't write that in my book, but I like that word now because it's fun. So you realize you can make a distinction between a thought that you initiate right. with conscious awareness that you're doing so by conscious choice and a thought that just visits. So you see Rhea. Okay, so that's three. But the fourth thing is you then can create an intent, a thought that displaces the one that came. But let me go back to the, that middle part because this is the important part. We make a distinction right now in this moment. We're doing it. It's not happening later. We're, doing this, we're creating this distinction in our awareness, as you said. This is the only moment that's real right now. Right. And... Now, 
what we hold in our awareness right now. I say it like this. Thoughts visit from the surrounding mind field. Mm. And we live, my husband, who's my partner, Alan Collins, and I live on the ocean in Miami Beach, Florida. We're very fortunate now. It's warm. But, and a lot of birds fly by, pelicans and seagulls. So we always use that because it's easy to see it graphically. And, you know, I know you gave a talk on mindfulness on one of your shows, but it's mm-hmm. something, it's, this is similar to that and goes beyond it because it's mm-hmm. that you let those thoughts fly by mm-hmm. like a bird past your window because you cannot change a thought. You can only create a new one. It's like this. The thought is already arrived. You cannot change a thought that's already there. But you don't have to identify with it. You don't have to latch on to it. You don't have to believe it. Just because you have a thought does not make it the truth. And you certainly don't have to own it as your own. So this is what I call in Do You Quantum Thing in the beginning chapters, the myth of choice. So you may... And how come, you know, where are these coming from? Now, I made this reason that a mechanical worldview, that 17th century machine age view, now we're in the quantum age, the information age, digital age, gave rise to, in many ways, we became mechanical too. Or not to insult any of us, but you could say a stage of evolution. It was a phase of evolution where there was a lot of genius created by the scientists of the 17th to the beginning of the 20th century as well. And that, you know, that's what was needed. They needed to analyze, you know, collect data, analyze, get life kind of orderly, give rise to all the different names of the scientific disciplines. So you collect the data, analyze the data, you know, label it and, and then make conclusions from it and live from it as if it's the truth. Now, what we have to see is that that's still a valid uh, aspect of reality, but not when you want to create what you want in life because this is where you make the quantum leap, literally, in that you realize thoughts are not absolute truths. They're just a thought. And as I'm suggesting, they're not even our own because of this energy intelligent exchange going on all the time. So it takes place, it's instant, Rhea. It's like a thought comes in, and I call those least action pathway thoughts. The way the energy or the thought goes, simply because that's been its automatic, habitual, mechanical route. So what do you do with those thoughts? We're doing it right now. What you do is you can create a new relationship with your thinking, with your thoughts. And we're doing it right now in two ways. One is we've created a new relationship with our whole system of thinking, realizing, wow, sometimes the old world, analytical, logical, you know, ordinary logic, linear, step-by-step, is needed and valid and the automatic our whole body works that way on you know the automatic of it and 
Some, but if we want to become masterful in creating the life of our desires, then we have to expand and go to this system. So one way we create a new relationship to our thinking as a system. Secondly, we create a new relationship to our own thoughts. And we make this distinction between thoughts that visit and thinking thoughts that we initiate. So when a thought, least action pathway comes in, you know, like I have a thought, what if I don't sell enough books tomorrow? You know, I'm just making this because I have a book, <laughs> have a book and I'm an author. You're becoming an author, so you might be saying that too. I would call that a least action pathway thought. You know, it's a denser energy thought. It's like, you know, the doubts, fears, worries, concerns, all that. Well, concern is okay because you want to be cautious and look at things. But you look at this and you say, well, that thought, in terms of creating my state, my resonant field, that's not going to help me. Okay, well, that's just the least action pathway. Now, what is my intent? And this is where you create a statement of intent that is a context that you are choosing to live from. Now, what would that be in this case? So let's say I'm an author and I'm worried, what if I don't sell enough books? Or, you know, enough meaning. Meaning my Whatever it is. <laughs> but I'm just using that. It's easy. But so I may choose to live from the statement of intent, which is, again, from a quantum think perspective, the activation of the energy intelligent field that becomes my personal resonance, you know, what I'm resonating, what I'm emanating, what I'm living from. And the difference between intent and intention is intention is the end, one end goal, Perhaps you get more, but intent, I'm using it more in the shamanic sense of Mm -hmm. this activation of the energy intelligent field. And so what happens is you attract many results. It's not one end goal. It's a state that you're generating, that you're choosing to live from because you know that we attract through sympathetic resonance, right? What we emanate, we attract. And... You are choosing it because you know that's the nature of reality according to a quantum worldview. And you're making it in the present tense. I call it the omnipresent tense because it's there all the time, 24-7 for all time. And I might create the statement, I am so happy to be connecting with so many people around the world who are reading my book. Now, that statement is something I can be living by that will attract, you know, it already kind of assumed within it, subsumed, Mm -hmm. within that statement is I'm selling books, so I don't have to talk about how many books. But if I were selling the amount of books that I wanted to have sold, and, you know, and the point is, it's, again, a both and. You know, of course, if you write a book, you want people to read it. Otherwise, why did you write it? So, of course, you want people to buy your book. But more than that, you want people, at least I do, and I'm sure every 
person who puts out any work of any kind. We all have our unique work to put out in the world. That's our contribution. Is that you want it to be used. You want people to appreciate it, to utilize it. So if I say, I'm thrilled, I'm ecstatic, I am so happy to be waking up every day and connecting with people who around the world who are reading Do You Quantum Think, then that's a state of happiness. That's I'm putting that emotional element in there, which is, you know, we know emotion is a very strong. Right. Right. A strong energetic. Right. It's not based on circumstance. Now, this is the key. That's why I I honed in on it. I made a note on it before the show today because I saw on your blog talk site where the show was and you had that beautiful graphic, you know, the shift in paradigm. Right. The shift in the paradigm. And if you really want to master what it is to be living in a mind-based, a consciousness-based reality where we really do create our reality, you know, beginning with our consciously, you know, generated intent, you know, intent in the form of thought, energized by emotion, experienced as feeling tone or an inner knowing gives rise to the results. So if you really want to live that way, we have to get past our uh, seeing circumstances as fixed, solid, and absolute truths. And that's where, in a certain way, Rhea, you have to sort of trick your mind. That's the paradigm shift, right? is I say it like for youthful minds, or as I say when I'm talking to kids, you know, old world view, circumstance rules. New world view, intent rules. So whenever you have those disparaging thoughts, those judgmental thoughts, those thoughts that do not give you a good experience in the moment, it's like you say, oh, there's that least action pathway. Okay, <laughs> let that fly by like the pelican past my window. And what is my intent? Uh, that's, that's awesome. I mean, you know, I, I have to tell you, one of the things that I really love about what you said, because most of, most of the time people are constantly trying to sell you on, try to change your thought, change your reality, or change your thought, change your life, change. I'm, I, I never bought into that. Because I love how you said you cannot change a thought, but you can think a new thing, new thought, and that's really um, the key here. You know, if it's something that's not serving you, why don't you either, you know, I always say empty your cup. Let's take a short break, and when we come back, we'll love to continue talking about this. And and if you uh, if you can stick around for a little bit more than an hour, would that be okay with you? Or keep yeah, it going out? Yeah, sure. Okay, I good. Can. Because we only yeah, it's a time flying <laughs> so fast. So we'll be right back. Stay tuned, please. Your Life Now Radio Show with Coach Rhea will return in just a few moments.
Welcome back, my friends. You are listening to your Life Now radio show. I just wanted to play a short ad. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I am um, honored to be uh, a board member on this great organization called LoveTheChildren.org. And the organization mission is really to, to create a sustainable education opportunities for the girl child in order to break the cycle of poverty. So we put a little ad together here for the um, for the to love the children dot org and uh, please listen to and, and how you can donate. We'll be right back. Please touch. Doctor David Kenneth Waldman founded to love children. When I met Doctor David Kenneth Waldman in my office, uh, when I was the minister in charge of gender, and he came to sell me this idea, his vision of, of uh, the girl-child education. I embraced it because I thought this is the way we would be able to empower our young girls. Please go to tolovechildren.org and donate. Thank you for helping me to take my passion and turn it into action. Welcome back, my friends. You are listening to your Life Now radio show. I am your host, Kotria. So you were listening to TLC, To Love the Children, um, or ads about, you know, how to go and donate and be part of it because we really do can make the difference, each one of us. So, again, um, with me in the studio today, the wonderful Diane Collins. She's the original thinker. She's one of the, the foremost thought leaders in our time, uh, a leading authority in a new worldview. And uh, she is the author of the highly acclaimed six-time award-winning bestseller, Do You Quantum Think? New Thinking That Will Rock Your World. Welcome. Thank you so much for being here, Diane. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, it's just such a joy to be with you, Rhea, and to oh, be with everyone. Oh, it's the same here. Very mutual. Very mutual. You know, we the time is flying by, so I'm actually going to, as we're talking right now, I'm going to you know, try to update the, the, the time to make it 90 minutes instead of 60 minutes so we can have you here for a little bit longer. So before the break, you know, we talked about our the power of our intention. You know, when you intend on something, we talked about uh, um, the quantum field that we are in, that we live in right now, the quantum uh, um, age that we are living right now, the information. Um, that's being thrown at us all the time, and you shared with us um, a lot of great information regarding, you know, how to, like, stop and, 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 and uh, um, be a little bit more conscious of our thoughts. And, and you also mentioned something that I really brought to my attention here is the fact that you cannot really, or it's not about you changing your thought, it's about you putting, implementing a new way of thinking. So, you know, with that being said, let's start with um, saying, do we actually blame the industrial revolution for our <laughs> for being so automated and living on autopilot in our life right now. Well, when you say blame, <laughs> it's not. Here's what it is. Now think about this, right? If there's no, um, let's say, objective, absolute truth. I mean, you know, obviously we live in a world. Of circumstances so mm-hmm. I'm not saying oh you know I mean there are traditions that say it's illusion it's Maya whatever but I think that that has a different meaning altogether all right let's not go in that direction but when you look at you know in our the way that we perceive the world we do perceive things as solid and fixed and 
yet we know it isn't, you know, under a high paramicroscope. It isn't really that way that our mind, we do have mind-to-mind influence and mind-to-matter influence, and this is proven uh, many times over now in modern science, even though a lot of scientists are not up-to-date on that. But when you say, do we blame the industrial age? Well, a distinction is not, quote, the truth either. A distinction is using a nuance of language and observation to create, you know, to, it's like you're in a collaborative dance with the operating principles of the universe. So instead of saying, oh, you know, there's something wrong with us, uh, you know, why are people so terrible, I realized that there has been this stage where humanity did become um, very much fixed on automatic ways of seeing the world. Now, I find you to be a great person in the sense, uh, anyway, but in the sense that, you know, you're you're always asking people to question reality, and it's good to do that because, you know, otherwise we hear these things, and let's make this real in the world for a second. Like, you know, because I was just listening to your, your ad for, you know, gender equality and, and education of women, which is wonderful because it's a very important uh, aspect of the world. And so you think, okay, uh, people say, well, there'll always be war or there'll always be people dying of hunger mm-hmm. or there'll always be, you know, the haves and the have-nots, the rich and the poor. Well, is that the truth? No. But as long as you keep automatically saying that as Mm -hmm. if it's the way of reality, Mm -hmm. as long as you think that the circumstances are bigger than we are, right, Mm -hmm. then you wouldn't have people like this doctor who's starting this organization who wants to educate women and so end poverty as a result. And... You know, and I know this too from being involved with the Global Hunger Project, which also uh, works in strategic thinking in these countries to have people end their own poverty and hunger. And so it's that we, you know, we can do it when you realize that we are born with the capability of literally creating how we want our reality on earth to be, right? You know, maybe we didn't create the earth, but we've been given the... Well, we we, might have, might as well, we may, you know... We may as well, I know. There is a sense where we did, but let's not get into that, (laughs) because it's a little abstract right now. But, you know, it's a start. But let's just stay in the practical is that if you if you give way if you yield to these automatic you know what I call least action pathways of human culture well then you know you'll we'll never have the the kind of world that we all aspire to you know having a beauty look at this world it's it's exquisite 
you know, that how can we make life on earth match that exquisite creation that we that is this universe. So and you know, it comes up in so it's like this. We may not be able and you know, people today we know and you're in a state where at the time of this recording where there's been these major winter storms, you know, people have been uh, suffering in their own way in the in the developed worlds, you know, in the in the developing worlds, they have their own form. But there's a lot of suffering around the world. People in their in the uh, ordinary life, you know, we maybe you'll lose a job, uh, some illness occurs in yourself or your family who you love, or any of these things. You have financial ups and downs. These are real circumstances. Nobody's saying that's not the truth. As far as when I say factual, that's not. I don't. I didn't mean to use that word. The truth, but it's. It has fact, and it is valid. So, how do we deal with those circumstances? Well, when you're quantum thinking, you realize you may not always be able to uh, control the circumstances that you are confronted with either as an individual or in the world. However, you always, 100% of the time, can create your relationship to those circumstances. And it's in this relationship where our power lies. We have 100%. That's why some people see the glass half empty, the glass half full. The circumstance is the same, or as I write in the mind chapter in my book is in two parts. Part one, wake up. <laughs> Why should we quantum think, you know? And then I go into talking about wisdom, talking about mind. What is that? What is light? How does it relate? And then part two. Oh, I'm not just saying, oh, this is a good idea. Why don't you quantum think? I'm saying part two, live the wisdom. Here is the system of the 21 plus one principles and practices to put it into action. Now, in the mind chapter, I'm saying about this. What if you could think of it this way? You wake up one day, you're feeling great, right? You're feeling exuberant, you're excited, you feel good, you have that general sense of well-being, everything looks good. The next day you wake up, you're feeling a little bit down, maybe even melancholy or depressed. You're not really feeling, you know, all that great. And yet, circumstantially, nothing in your life changed. You have the same financial situation between yesterday and today. You have the same, you know, boyfriend, husband, child, parent, whatever. You have the same living situation, the same job. What changed? This is the power of mind. This is where, when I say the mantra, I call it, of quantum thinking, when you master your mind, you master your life. And by mind, I don't mean controlling your thoughts, like that force and control. I mean mastering the faculties of mind, how to use intent, intuition, what I mentioned before. And how to manage your relationship to your circumstances, realizing that when you create 
a new context, a new intent to live from. And you said you create your intention every day. By the way, I do too. That and I do it consciously. It's like almost yes. like a, a ritual, a sacred moment with myself and Absolutely. the universal intelligence. Because we can, because right. that's what we're here for. Absolutely. So you can wake up and you can create a new habit, right? You could create a new habit. Mm-hmm. You wake up, you open your eyes, and you're like, like a muscle, a new muscle. Right. That's what I exactly. And you could be saying, Training. "I love." my life. I love whatever is unfolding today. I am so excited about it. And you're immediately shifting your resonance. Mm -hmm. And this is the nature of how we, you know, in what way do we create reality? This is how. This is the way we do it. So we don't have to go into some big analysis about it. So when I say Going back to your question, are we blaming the industrial worldview? Well, let's just say that was a phase of human evolution, of the unfolding of humanity, and we know that life is always going to its next highest place, that needed it then, but we're beyond it now. And you brought up, Rhea, a very important point about the pace of change about, you know, like, let's just take this one very real thing. We are inundated with information. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's coming at us, and thank God, because of our wonderful, amazing, uh, I love it, technology. I think you do too, right? Didn't we, oh, we discuss yeah, of course. that? Yeah. I, I, I connect with people that I would never dreamed of connecting with. Exactly. It's, it's making so this I'm show. Yeah. Right. Making but I don't show use myself. Possible? That's, that's the key. Right. But you see, here's the thing about taking the quantum leap in your thinking system, is that we're conditioned to think according to the old world, step by step, you know, get everything lined up before you take an action, or, you know, let's look at everything before we make a choice. And that it's again, it's a both-and reality. We still need that ordinary logic, and we really need today, I'm going to use that word, the use of our intuition faculty. Because when you go on the Internet, right, mm-hmm. it's like, whoa. What are you clicking on? You know, you're getting, I don't know about you, you know, you get hundreds and thousands of emails coming in. And you think, you know, click, 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 do I delete, delete, delete? Uh, But there is something to when you are in a masterful relationship with your own intuitive faculty that you can connect into exactly the information you need or you know the internet uh searching and everything it's highly yeah it's almost like it's almost like it's working for you specifically i swear it's amazing like when i'm on the internet and i'm all of a sudden like i'm looking for something and then all of a sudden sudden it's like right there and there's more of it and more of it and more of it and i'm like (gasps) 
I, I think that's wild. That's yeah. right. And we need to be at, when I say, you know, because of everything accelerating and the increasing complexity and choices, it's that we need to be able to be thinking in a new way. And thinking in a new way is going directly to that which we is is the most beneficial for us to connect to. And as you're saying, it's like magic. It's like I'm thinking about, this actually happened to me about a week ago. You know, my husband has been really saying, he, he likes my writing, and so he's my partner, Alan Collins. I mentioned that. We do, you know. I love you, Alan. Thank you for being <laughs> I, I don't know if he's listening. But... talking about him. <laughs> I do. I like to mention him because, you know, he's just, you know, such an important uh, person in my life. And he's yeah. a master quantum thing coach and consultant, and, you know, this is what we do together. But anyway, so... He so he always says you have to be blogging. You know you have to get your thinking out in your writing. Also, you're speaking. And I said to him, well, I don't know. I think I need a bigger venue. I do a few blogs on my site. You know, it takes a different kind of a strategy for blogging. And in the next moment, we get in an email that he mm-hmm. knows this woman who's directly connected to somebody in the Huffington Post, which, of course, is a great place for me to be a blogger. So the next thing I knew, he wrote to her. So this is what you're talking about. Now, we call this from, you know, in quantum thinking and in quantum science, it's called non-local mind. That's one of the most important discoveries, which I think I should talk about a little. But what happened, because this is what we're connecting into. So. We're thinking about, you know, where can I blog in a bigger venue? Huffington Post is a perfect place. Next minute, he gets the email in. He writes to her. She connects me. And next month in March, well, we're, we're doing this show in February 2014, but, you know, the end of March, I will be blogging on the Huffington Post. Yeah, that is great. I know. I'm really excited about great. it. So, that's you know, great. and that's something. That is, that's what you're just saying. I mean, it's just like it's a perfect match. It's a perfect match of what you want and what you can, you know, where you can put it. And and here you are. I mean, that's a great platform. Exactly. And so here's what you're talking about, where you're, you have an intent. You know, we always have an intent all day mm-hmm. long. It's either consciously created or it's cre- something is always getting created. It's being created by your own conscious intent with the awareness that you're doing. So, you know, like that's why I say intent. It's like omnipresent. It's always playing. It's like, you know, always online with your own intent to narrow the problem. We're in an mm-hmm. infinite possibility universe. That's quantum think distinction number three. So how do you narrow it is your intent. And that sets up kind of this wave field where you're going to attract in what's consistent with your intent. So, Rio, when you go on the Internet, mm-hmm. you have a certain intent to find something, then you're going to pull up, as you said, and then it's more and more. You're going to pull up exactly what you need without having to be, you know, look through every page on Google. Who does that anyway? But you know what I'm saying? It's like you see the it's, listing on a Google search. You have to find How do you know them, right? what to yeah. click? Yeah. When you are in tune with your own intuition, mm-hmm. you're going to go okay. right to the one or two things you need. You, you skip I, through all the nonsense. 
exactly because the old world way of thinking step by step by step which is still necessary and valid in certain areas this is where being becoming adept at the art of distinguishing being discerning having the awareness to do that you have to know when is that way of thinking the most effective and when is this way of thinking the most effective i do it shopping honestly i go into a store you know everyone's very busy today how do i let's say i need a dress for an event i walk into the store i call upon you know go a little bit into my meditative faculty call upon whatever that is my higher intelligence say okay let me you know intent lead me directly to the section of this store where i'm going to find the perfect dress i really do do this and there you go and sometimes you'll get you know the subtle energy uh vibe that wait a minute there's nothing here for you i actually get that there's nothing here for you and you move on you can do it here you get this yeah i mean it's it's amazing you get i have to tell these you messages I... yes yeah and you know in i was going to talk about this idea of in in uh do you quantum think this the chapter is called intuition and non-locality because this is one of the most i think important exciting discoveries of science of this past century the fact that we have this non-local mind what does it mean because i'm saying human intuition is our access mm-hmm. into this vast intelligence field right to universal mind and that's why it's so important so what does it mean non-local that we have a non-local mind that was by the way uh it was coined by, I like to attribute, uh, give attribution to Dr. Larry Jossi, who's a physician who does, you know, he's, I don't know what he's doing most recently. Oh, yeah, he has a new book, One Mind, but that he's oh, talking yeah. about okay. in, right. um, in uh, I haven't read it yet, but I do want to. He, he's talking of teaching the medical industry, physicians, nurses, practitioners, of the importance of mind-to-mind connections in healing, that the doctor's intent, the do- what the doctor is thinking, is having an effect on how the patient is responding. Yes. And this is very, very important. So he coined the term non-local mind because from quantum science, the term is non-locality. The universe is non-local, right. the mind. Right. Now, right. what does it mean? It means the mind is not located. It is not, it doesn't have spatial, you know, located in physical space, the same as an ordinary object. And it's not also bound by chronological time. So it's not an ordinary object. Since our minds are non-local in nature, beyond ordinary space and time, limits what does that mean it means the mind is kind of can be present anywhere so this is why intuition works or any of these forms of you know psychic ability intuition because we are connected 
and I'm sure this is what he means by the one mind, we have, you know, everything is a network of connections. It's like the Internet. Mm -hmm. The difference between mind and brain, the brain is like the computer, the receiver transmitter. The mind is like the Internet. Where does the Internet exist? There's no temporal spatial existence of the Internet. It's like infinite mind. And so what reality are we living in? Because I say it, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the sublime of infinite mind of humanity, that's the Internet, and continuing to expand. But what do we, you know, how do we, what are we clicking in on? It's the same thing with what we hold in our own awareness and what we click in on. So we could, when we have an intent, and this is how these five faculties of mind work together, we have an intent, and that activates intuition. And the intuition connects in to that piece of, right, of intel, of information that we are intending to connect to. So it's a connection. It's not like your mind actually goes somewhere. It's like, what do you want to, what are you connecting into? So right. we pick up information. And this is why, you know, when you, the most common thing is when you're thinking of a person and they call you. The telepathy, yeah, the telepathic, uh, yeah. Right? It's like, right. because they connected into you, you know, yeah, maybe you weren't thinking of that mm-hmm. person. They connected yeah. to you and you picked up on it. Right. And so now you're thinking of them and then they call you. So it's this energy intelligent exchange. Now the thing about quantum thinking and mastering these faculties of mind, which the whole, you know, my whole book and my work is about, that's the whole purpose of it, is that we can do this consciously with the awareness, and this is what I know all of us are here. I mean, the people who are with us in this conversation right now, we're here because we want to live a conscious life. We want to live a great life. We want to have what we desire, what we most want from our heart of hearts, the yearning of our soul. We want to be masterful in manifesting it. We want to and change this, all of it because I have to tell you, a lot of people, you know, they really aching and want it a better life. I mean, I don't think anybody you can ask anyone say, like, well, you know, yeah. I mean, some people might say like they're subtle. They just say, well, you know, you live and you die, whatever. You know, those are people that really don't have that much motive in their life. But the majority of people, they want a better life. They want something better, but they just don't know how to go about it. That's you know, exactly it. That's because uh-huh. we're brought up in the old world pushing full on circumstances to get things done. And when the more the circumstances accumulate, the less effective that way of being works. And that's why the exciting thing today is making this kind of a leap where, oh, you become facile, you know, adept. Uh, droit with the way that we're actually using our mind faculties to create. But, you know, something you said where people say, oh, you know, live and die, live and this is the way it is. It's that it's not everybody does want a better life. It's that sometimes when you don't see 
an access. You're not, you become resigned. Right. You become resigned, and that's what those kind of comments are. Right. It's like, you know, you just kind of feel like you know, you're living in a belief, right? right, an assumption, one of those fixed right. beliefs or a thought form that you latched onto that it's never happened, you know, my life has never really been the way I want it to, so why should I think it will be now? And these are the least action pathways that we need to interrupt. It's an emotional least action pathway. There's a chapter in Do You Quantum Thing called Emotions and the Power of Mind. Mm-hmm. Talking about that emotional energy is ex- very powerful. We know that. And you can use it because you don't want to get it dammed up in the body. You know, energy that's stuck or becomes, you know, Toxic. So you want to make sure that you're moving the energy. <clears throat> However, what I'm saying is emotions are the power of mind. That mind, emotions are powerful, but there's something even more powerful, and that is our own mind. And again, what I mean by mind is the individualized form of consciousness, our own right. higher awareness. That our awareness that can be aware of what we what goes in our mind. So what we mean by that is you have a thought and you give that thought meaning. And that meaning is what gives rise to our emotional response. Now, You know, can we stay on this for a second? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Because I actually just did a diagram yesterday. I love creating little, you know, using pictures and just using my own diagrams of things or whatever. So here, here is the way I process things in, in a sense of, you know, thoughts and feelings. We think the thought, and then, then we feel the feeling based on that thought. So if, if we don't, so, let, so let's just let's back up here for a second. The, what I'm trying to say here, I always wonder, like, you know, when, when I feel in a certain way, I always ask myself, what am I thinking, right? Because what I'm thinking creating how I'm feeling. So if exactly. I'm not feeling good, then I'm not thinking right. That's you know I mean? it. <laughs> That's a good one. I like the way you said that, Rhea. If I'm not feeling good, then I'm not thinking good. I mean, or I'm not thinking right. I don't yeah, think it's that complicated. It is. And you know what it is? See, when we say this, you know, like we're talking about it in a conversation. So it looks like, you know, it's spelled out over time in a sequence. But it's more like a gestalt, like an all-at-once thing. But it's, it is still, that is what is occurring, is that whatever thoughts, you know, my mother uh, is in wonderful shape at age 91. Everyone thinks she's 75. And she's wonderful, and she's able to, you know... When Alan and I go into like a little, you know, couples bickering or something over dinner, she goes, says, whoa, what happened to you, quantum thinkers? You know, we're not perfect, but we can bring ourselves right back to it. But what I was going to say about my mother is that, you know, she's alone now, and so she can get into these emotional states. 
And that's the first thing I ask her. She says, well, you know, I was feeling it jittery today or I was feeling anxiety. And I say to her, well, Mom, what thoughts were you having when you were experiencing that? And that's exactly what you're saying. It's like Mm -hmm. that's a practice. It's a great practice. Now, what happens is, you know, and this is the importance of a thinking system. It's like something like that embraces you because, you know, I wrote also right in the beginning, change the world one thought at a time, help, (laughs) imagine the agony of it, let alone the impossibility. But you see, this is the thing about the system. When you enter the system because you go in a supermarket, a grocery store, right? You don't have to look at every, you know, logic every single product that's in the store to find what you're looking for because it's a system. Mm -hmm. So the system, you have free choice within that system. The roadways, it's the same thing. So you enter the system and the system embraces you. It's like a vortex. And it carries you with it. So that's the idea of the leap in systems. You leap to the system, you go, oh, these are the principles operating in the more, you know, up-to-date, accurate view of the world. It's not because I've said it. It's that this is knowledge that we know at the edge of what we know today as a whole, you know, peoples. And once you get the system, then it's just natural. It's like you're you're just knowing these things, like what you said, Rhea. It's like you're all you're all you're there saying, "I'm not feeling that good." What am I thinking? I do the yeah, same thing. I do it all the time. It becomes natural I do too. for me to catch myself. Or you know what I do? I do it uh-huh. like this. Uh-huh. I'll have like, let's say, and you know, again. There's no why. You had mentioned that earlier. You know, why am I having this thought? Why is an irrelevant question from a quantum thing perspective? Because it's an analytical question and you can never get to it. Because there is no... What? what? Right. You can say, what am I thinking? Right. Right. What am I thinking and how do I want to be feeling? (laughs) You know, let's create that intent. But, you know, what I do is like I'll, I'll be having, let's say, one of those bad hair days, as we call them. (laughs) And I'll think, why am I feeling this? You know, not why, but that, right, what is the thought? I just said the why, but I don't mean why like, oh, somebody said something to me, you know, like five years ago and now all of a sudden it's showing up. No, it's that what is it that I'm thinking that's having me be in this experience right now. And then you just immediately, or no, this is what I was going to say. This is how I do it. I go, I don't want this thought, right? Mm-hmm. That's, how, that's how it occurs for me first. It's like I'll be feeling something. I'll say, wait a minute, I don't want, I don't want this reality. <laughs> I don't want this anxiety. And then I go, Sometimes I do identify, you know, what thought it is that's 
may be giving rise to that emotion or that feeling. Or sometimes it's not even necessary. I'll just say, wait a minute, I don't want this. I don't want that. Or I'll have a thought that I don't like. I don't want that thought. I actually do this in the shower because a lot of thoughts come to me in the shower. Isn't that great? That. It's, it's wild. You know, it's like, you know, the least expected places. Uh, you know, I know. Places. And you're in there. There is something about, a lot of people have that where you're in the shower. There's something about that water, I guess, uh, that running, activates yeah, the water in us, <laughs> right? But what happens, you know, the brain, I think, is like 80% water or something. So it probably has something something's getting activated but i'm thinking to myself i don't want that thought okay what do i what thought what intent can i have right now and just shift it on the spot and then move on and it really that's why you know when people say oh isn't it hard to do or it's hard to change no if you think it is, it's then not. it is. It's <laughs> not. Right. Oh, that's what it is. If you think it is, then it is. <laughs> that's it. And, you know, we say this to ourselves. So this is why, you know, my, I'd say, okay, 6,000 years of wisdom available at this click of the mouth. It's how do we live it? And we go from, there was something that I, I know we're getting to the end of the time now, but there's something that I had uh, printed that I had printed up. My husband happens to have it on his so desk where I up, take. I'm going to tell you a quick story. So look it up because I have to share this story because I thought it was hysterical. Well, it was really funny. I call it modern wisdom in, in a sense of I, I talk to everybody. I love talking to people and I'm always fascinated to know more about people, right? So when something like strike, you know, like my attention, I always like try to provoke something so I can, you know, get the answer. So yesterday, it was yesterday, the day before, I was at the store in my local, you know, supermarket, and this older couple, you know, they were in front of me, and uh, she was looking at something. And it looked very vibe and stuff. I didn't know how old they are, or whatever. But anyway, this the lady had on a big giant rock on her hands, like what in, you know. I mean, right. it's it got to be, yeah, a few thousand, I mean, at least like $10,000 ring on her hand. So I was just looking at her. I was like, wow, a beautiful ring. And she said, oh, yeah, we've been married for 65 years. So I looked at her and I said, wow, that is congratulations. That is so great. So I, you know, so I started a conversation. I said, what's your secret? She said, we overthink things, so we don't. You know, we make it, we simplify it, and we just make it, you know what? You know, this is what we want. So let's just stay with it. She said, in the beginning of our marriage, I played hard to get. I was like, what does that mean? She said, he knows I'm the only option he has. So he's not. <laughs> <laughs> and I just cried. I was like laughing. I said, okay, we overthink things. And then she said, her daughter, who had uh, been married for 30 years, just got divorced. And she said, men these days, you know, they get, they just think because there's so many single women out there. They have so many options. They Think again. She emphasized the word think. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's why you know they go out and get divorced. I said, well, that's a good uh, way to look well, at I don't it. Know. <laughs> well, right? People just say but anyhow, anything. Yeah. But you know so that you... overthinking—that is a cute story, adorable. Yeah. And you know, you get to them. But the thing about the overthinking—that going back to the industrial age, you know, conditioning, how it conditioned us—it was analytical. Because it was like looking in the physical world and saying, how do we, you know, how do we make society organized? 
And mm-hmm. so there was a certain analytical process that it was used. And you, again, very useful and genius in it. And yet, when that silently mapped on to condition the way we think, that's where the automatic thinking, because you know, we do have... We do want to figure things out. I mean, we have almost like it's instinctive to um, to be curious about life, even though I say the ultimate mystery, yet we still seek, you know, we still want to know, we still, but yet that, when you apply that analytical thinking in a relationship, it actually doesn't work. <laughs> It doesn't, you know, because you can never get to it. Well, you did this because of that. No, I did this because of that. You will never get to the answer. So what we do is we say, let's stop, pause for a minute. What is our intent right here Mm -hmm. in this conversation? This is a very useful question to be in in your relationships when they go off like that into the you know the old world was a predict and control so you think about if you wanted to predict and control something you'd have to say something is either this way or that this is a huge mechanism going on in our culture all the time conservative liberal white black Northern right. Hemisphere, Southern Hemisphere, rich, poor, right? The either-or going on all the time. We know that they have, you know, we have that fundamental yin-yang, masculine, feminine. But again, we're looking at how does this, how do we use this in ordinary relationships? Is that when we got stuck in the, you know, is energy a particle or a wave? Well, now they figured out from quantum worldview, it's both, you know, seemingly conflicting views can exist at the same time and be valid and you can always get to the higher perspective on it so when you get into a relationship where you're in a conversation you said this no you did this because of that that's what i mean by ordinary analytical thinking the overthinking should we do this should we do that you know and it's get it's kind of going nowhere so you return to this very moment in which we're having the conversation ask one another okay what is our intent here okay our intent is and this is one of the uh contextual questions that is one of the practices in do you quantum think how can we have this work for everyone. Now, when you stay in that question, not with a quick answer to it, but just having that as your intent, intent can be in the form of a question that will lead you in a direction. So you say, okay, how can we have this work for everyone? I want to go to see this movie, (laughs) this romance movie. You want to go see this action adventure. I mean, really in simple things. Right. How can we have it work for everyone? And then you the unif- that's a too simple simplistic of an example, but you, you can, you know, cuz logically you can say, oh, we'll go to this, we'll go to that tomorrow. But you 
other kinds of questions. How can we have this work for everyone? Lifestyle questions with a relationship. Business model questions with a business partner. When you stand in that question as a chosen context to operate from, what happens is knowing that we are co-collaborators, co-creators with the intelligent field that surrounds us, what happens is by virtue of our intent, this goes back to those non-local mind connections, by virtue of our intent, how can we have this work for everyone? Some solutions will bubble up from that quantum intelligent field that you couldn't see at the outset of even asking the question. And this is the kind of thing that works. So it's really catching yourself. Now that yeah. couple and it takes a practice, with a big rock right? on her hand. What? Yes. I said it takes a practice. I love what you said in your book. In the end of the book it says, whatever you are, whatever you are now, remember everyone evolves at their own rate. As you develop yourself, you alter your destiny. So, you know, it, it, it's a, it's a, it is a work in progress, right? I mean, we, we need to do the work and we need to, I always say, got a question, the things that you are putting in your head, you know, I mean, it's like, is this working for me? No, let's dump it, put something new in that I want, like follow that intent that you mentioned. And so, um, Diane, you know, I can keep extending the time and we can absolutely. I know, keep, but we have to I mean, end. it is so wonderful to have you. But I have to tell you, let's tell our listener where they can go get the book, uh, Do You Quantum Think? And uh, um, when are we going to hear you again? Come back again. So. Oh, I would love to. <laughs> you know, um, I, you can... The book is available everywhere. It's uh, it's in hardcover and all ebook editions, Kindle, Nook, iPad, and you can get it from Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com. You can get it in stores, independent bookstores. You can order it if they don't have it. And also, I want to invite people to um, when you go to my website, which is DianeCollins.com, and Diane is spelled with two N's, Collins with two L's. D-I-A-N-N-E-C-O-L-L-I-N-S. And I just made this an addition because I changed um, you know, newsletter, newsletter list servers, that when you sign up for my mailing list, you will receive a link to an article that I wrote that really simplifies this old worldview, new worldview, very specific terms, and particularly as it applies to business. And mm-hmm. it's called You Can't Get There From Here. And it's all about, oh, right, how okay. you make this quantum leap. Right, right. Okay. And then okay. what happens, the old way of thinking about your business, the new way. And people love the article, so I wanted to t- say that. And also on my website, there are free audios of that my husband and I did uh, when my book first came out. We did a, t- a tele a seminar, ultimate study group, I called it, for readers of Do You Quantum Think? And I have all the they're interactive. We would you know talk about the different things in the book and then interact with the people on there, coaching and whatever. 
and they're all on there for free under the link Ultimate Study Group. So it's right. dianecollins.com. Thank you so much. Oh for my God, me. what a pleasure having you! And and uh, you know we definitely have to have you back on and and tell us how is it writing for the Hustleton Post too because that's a great great congratulations great place to I be. I know um, I'm really excited. Writing. And good yeah. luck with your book. Thank you so much. Well, you know, I published uh, an audio book last year, um, and uh, actually I had two books published. And, uh, you know, so speaking is my, 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 my strength, and I love to talk and, you know, lecture, and I do a lot of public speaking. Is uh, um, So I made that, you know, my baby, and, and uh, so now we're putting that into, uh, into reading, you know, format for people who wanted the book and, and putting that in the course. So, you know, it's it's all good. So I'm always loving it. But let me tell you, that power of intention, I don't know. I haven't decided on the, on the title because power of intention, Dr. Wayne Dyer wrote that. So I don't want to use the same title, but it's all about three years of intention that is incredibly created a lot of positive stuff in you my life. You could call and it that. I like that title. Three years of intentions. Oh, see? I love you. You just gave me the title. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. It's like, really? Then you Three can write a poem for me on that one. We can talk about that later. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Friend. All Enjoy, the best uh, to everyone. The beautiful weather down there. And, and uh, send us some uh, some sunshine here, too. Some sunshine. I will. All the all best. Right. Thanks a lot, Rhea. Take care. Thank you Bye-bye. so much. Bye-bye. Are you ready to put an end to thinking about how you wish it were and take action? Take this step to find out more by going to coachingbyria.com and you can receive your free consultation session with Coach Rhea.